Come on from the depth of your heart, from the bottom of your soul, there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I can search for all eternity. I can search for all oh, yes. eternity. Through. I'll never, 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 never be fine. I can search oh, for all yeah. eternity. Through. I'll never find nobody like you, Jesus. I can search for all eternity. Through. Oh, yes, there is. like you there's none like you Jesus there's nobody like you Jesus come on cry unto the Lord shout unto the Lord yeah yeah I can search for all eternity I can search for all eternity through and never find no one like you there is none like you singing one more time unto the Lord there is none there is none like you no one can no one else can touch my heart like you do I can search all eternity I can search for all oh, yes. eternity I'll never, 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 never find Never find like you. Oh yes, lift your hands and voice again Say there is none There is none like you No one, no one, no one No one else can touch my heart like you do I can search for all eternity I can search for all oh, yes. eternity through mm, there, is. Find, there is none like you Now one more time give the Lord a deep praise Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now go ahead and rejoice in the Lord. Go ahead and rejoice in the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the Spirit of the Lord is in this house. The Spirit of the Lord is in the sanctuary. I don't think anything is too hard for God tonight. I don't think anything is impossible for God tonight. Can I get a witness? I believe that God can do anything. And I believe that God can heal and mend every situation and every trial that's going on. A few years ago, I was preaching in a meeting in Pennsylvania. 
It was a small church. They had just started the church a few years prior, two to three years prior. And they had a very large congregation for the time that they had been there. They had over 100 people. The pastor allowed me to preach. Matter of fact, it was more than a few years ago. I was 18. And I went to the pulpit and began to read the text and get into the preaching. The power of the Holy Ghost was in there. And in those days, I could count probably on my two hands how many times I had spoke on a Sunday service. And I felt like it was a breakthrough for myself personally in preaching and conveying the word of God. Many times I would get up and I was very timid and very scared to really express the way that I felt inside. And I felt there was a breakthrough, at least in my personal uh, ministry. Right about the middle of the service, middle of the preaching, the Lord showed me something in the service. He stopped me while I was preaching and said, look at that person over there. Now, I'm not pointing at anyone here today, but they sat on this side, and they sat right behind the pastor's wife. It was uh, a woman, and the Lord says that that woman is of the devil. And I'm trying to gather my thoughts, but I was stopped right there because this woman, the Lord just said, is of the devil. As soon as the Lord spoke that to me, she moved forward to her seat. She was sitting the pew behind the pastor's wife. and She reached over the pew and put her hands on the shoulder of the pastor's wife and began to smile at me with a smile that I will never forget. As the Lord spoke that to me, he gave me more insight. And he said that his wife, the wife and the husband have been sent here to destroy the church the church that God had started. And so, it kind of put a damper on the rest of my preaching. As soon as I was done with that, there was another man that was sitting on the front row, and the Lord said, he's going to ask you a question. At the end of the message, you'll know the answer. And so, we kept preaching, we kept singing, we kept doing all of that. We prayed someone through the Holy Ghost, and then we were it was time to eat. And so, I was taken to the area to eat, and I ate with the pastor. I contemplated whether or not telling the pastor what I felt and what the Lord had showed me. It was a struggle for me. And I made up my mind if that young man on the front row would come to me and ask me the question that I was supposed to answer, then that would be the sign from God that would allow me to speak what I had felt in the Holy Ghost during the service. So I ate the chicken, I ate the spaghetti, and it was time to leave going out the door and I was starting to doubt if I ever heard from God at all. Starting to, to doubt if I was just making this up in my mind, but I knew I could not make something up like that in my mind. I walked out the doors and I got in the car, sat in the back seat, and there was a couple other individuals that uh, came with me from Bible college at the time. and They sat in the front. I remember sitting in that back seat for about a minute just depressed. God, why did you show me what you showed me in the middle of service? Why did you give me this insight if I'm not to do anything with it? And then out of the corner of my eye, I see a man running to the car door. He knocks on the car door. I open up the door. I won't break this pulpit. I broke his pulpit last night. <clears throat> I opened up the door. 
And he said, Brother Andrus, this man is 30-some years old. I'm 18 years old. I look young right now. You should have seen me back then. I look like I was three. He said, Brother Andrus, I don't know if I'd ever been called Brother Andrus before in my life. He said, I have a question for you. I'm 32 years old, and, and I want to know if I should go to Bible college. I feel a calling of God in my heart, and, and uh, I just want to know if I should go to Bible college. And I, I said, immediately without hesitation, it probably scared him to death. I said, no, you can't go to Bible college. You have been sent by God to help the pastor and to work under the pastor and to do the work of God. You don't go anywhere. You and your wife are here to uphold the hands of your pastor. I didn't even think about the response. It just came out. And he said, well, I appreciate that. And tears began to run down his face. He said, I was going to enroll and and, uh, start the next semester, but I'm not going to now. This is a word from God. I needed an answer today, and the Lord told me to come and ask you specifically if I should go to Bible college. And right about that time, the Holy Ghost is starting to move on me. I said, boys and girls that are in the car, you're going to have to wait for a second. I've got some other business to do. And I didn't walk in there like an 18-year-old Bible college student that was unconfident uh, or, or, or with small confidence. I walked in there like I had a word from the Lord, from the pastor. I said, Pastor, may I talk with you for a moment? I said, this is going to sound insane. This is going to sound crazy. But the woman that sat behind your wife today, has been sent by Satan to destroy your church along with her husband. It floored him. He said, no, they're the best tithe payers here. They came about four or five months ago to this church. They brought a, fr- a breath of fresh air. They, they're, they're, I would say they're our closest friends, and we don't have many friends, brother. They, they, they have the apostolic background. All these other people, they don't know anything about church, and when I need someone to talk to, I can talk to him. You, brother Andrus, it was a great message today, and... And I believe that you're sincere, but I just don't know. I said, sir, I promise you, I have heard from the Lord today. And I know I'm just an 18-year-old young little boy here. And I have much to learn from you, but I know what I heard from the Lord. Will you believe me? He said, sir, young man, I will pray. I will pray, and I will let you know. I said, pastor, I've got to call you back. I've got to call you back. Can I call you back in a week? He said, absolutely. And so I went back to Bible college and it was a day that I just got done with class, and, and my mind was on it. I, I couldn't take it anymore. It was really the day before we had cell phones. So it's not like people could call me. I had to call them. And so I remember getting into my dorm room and getting on the bottom bunk and dialing the phone. So scared and timid. Pastor, this is Phil Endress from Indiana Bible College. Can I ask you a question? He said, Brother Andrus, you were right. Those people were sent from Satan to destroy the church. I don't know what made me do it, but I confronted them after that service. And I asked them where they came from and who their pastor was and what their background was. And they wouldn't give me an answer. They kept dodging uh, the, the, the history of how they served God, the history of how they lived for God. And I finally cornered them and I said, this is what the brother said. He said that you were sent by Satan. And she said, he said, the lady began to laugh and said, Ah, you finally figured it out. 
He said, let me tell you, you're going to have to hit the road. They said, we're going to hit the road. They started praying and rebuking them in the name of Jesus Christ. They went down the road. The church is still growing. It's still in existence. It's still doing good. But the reason why I said that story today is because no one in this place has the authority to challenge the men of God, the pastor that's over the house. Listen to me now. No one has the authority to challenge the pastor that's over this house. And no one should be one way to the pastor in front of his face and to do something behind his back. I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying tonight. Well, I have a feeling I I know why I'm saying what I'm saying tonight. But this is what I really want to say, is that this church is ready to absolutely explode. Revival is coming. Harvest is coming. And we don't need to be questioning leadership. We don't need to be questioning pastors. God has set them over this house. And God has set them over this establishment to do the work of God. And we, as the church of the living God, need to get behind our pastors more than ever before. We need to pray for our pastors more than ever before. Folks, we are in a battle, but I guarantee you this, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the living God. Somebody needs to give the Lord praise in this house. I bind any spirit in the name of Jesus that's been sent here to cause disruption, that's been sent here to cause disunity. I bind it in the name of Jesus, and I speak faith, and I speak promise in this house. There will be revival. There will be harvest. There will be a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I believe it in the name of the Lord. I receive it in Jesus' name. Somebody needs to give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Grab your Bibles. Go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 5. What anointed singing tonight. My Lord, the power of the Holy Ghost is moving in this house. Anybody have joy? Still got your joy from last night? Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 5. The Bible says, when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now we understand what the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees were. It was a false doctrine. It was uh, a spirit of antichrist, if you will. So take heed and beware of the leaven the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned. Everyone say, they reasoned. They reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of a little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? The problem was they were reasoning among themselves. And because they were reasoning among themselves, they were men of little faith. Because ye have brought no bread. Verse number 9. Do ye not 
yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000. Do you not remember the mighty miracle that was performed when I fed 5,000? Do you not remember the baskets and the, and the loaves and the, and, the, and the fish that you took up? Do you not remember the great miracle that was performed just a little while ago? Verse 11. How is it that ye did not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how, that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine. Everyone say the doctrine. The doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Turn with me now to John chapter number 1, verse number 1. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth into the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. They couldn't get a grasp of this light. They couldn't understand the light. They couldn't comprehend that this Jesus Christ, this uh, man that was robed in flesh, was actually God Almighty. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was sent a man, a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same come for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world, here it is, knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe, everyone say believe, believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God and the word and the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld, we took part, we behold him. We beheld the glory. The glory is the only begotten of the father, full of grace And truth. Truth. I want to preach on this subject tonight, the renaissance of reason. The renaissance of reason. Can you put down your Bibles and lift up your hands once more and begin to give the Lord praise? Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Now, one more time, clap your hands into the Lord. Are you ready for a little preaching tonight? Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Later on in verse number 14 in John chapter 1, we see that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. His name is Jesus. He is not the second person of a fictitious trinity. He is not a subservient person. 
He is God Almighty. Colossians 2 and 9 says that the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus Christ bodily. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the ending. He is the Lion of Judah, the Rose of Sharon. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Nisi. I'm talking about your God. He is the King of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. He is still the healer today. He is still the deliverer today. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. He is the Holy One sitting on the throne full of grace and full of truth. And this Jesus Christ, our God, came into this world. Yes, He did. Hallelujah. And this, that the light, or He was the light. And, and this light was rejected by the darkness and not received by His own. Because men and women abroad went back to the original sin and used their own logic and their own understanding and their own comprehension and their own reasoning to try to understand this God that is incomprehensible, that is incomprehensible, this God that, that, this God that they uh, just couldn't uh, embrace as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They, they really didn't believe that the Lord would be born as a baby and be in a manger and, uh, and, and have a little, uh, and share a room that day with animals and, and be born in Bethlehem. They were looking for a God that would come to them on a white horse that would be the king of glory, the king of kings, but they missed the point because they were using their reason and their logic. And because of their reason, they reasoned their way out of having an intimate relationship with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. They reasoned their way out of all the messianic prophecies that were written in the Word of God some even two to 3,000 years before that a Messiah would come. You know, the government shall be upon His shoulders, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. And they missed God because they had the wrong concept and they used their own logic and reasoning. We are truly living in the end times. And the Lord is soon to return. But let me tell you something, church. This is, is not the finality, and this is not the totality of the fullness of the revival and the harvest that we are going to see in this last day. I, I, I don't believe that we have even scratched the surface. I, I really don't believe that we have seen the wonders and the glories and, the, and the, uh, uh, the mighty things of God, even in, in a major way. I, I believe that we're just scratching the surface of what God is really wanting to do. I don't believe that we've seen the totality of the promise of God for this church individually, this church locally, and for the people of God around the world. I don't believe that we have seen the totality of the promise of God. I don't believe the totality of the promise of God is just a few hundred feet away from me in that large building, beautiful large building to the side of me. No, I don't believe that's the totality of the promise of God. I don't believe that the totality of the promise of God is, is sitting in this room tonight. I believe it's a partial promise, and I believe that we have seen a bit of the glory of God and a bit of the harvest of God. But what is coming, and what is coming very soon, is something that our minds cannot comprehend. It is something that our minds cannot comprehend. It will be the greatest revival. It will be the greatest harvest that we could ever believe and ever see. 
We have seen a glimpse of the glory of God. We have peeked our heads through the curtains of the Holy of Holies where only uh, the supernatural light is shining. But folks, we are just seeing a glimpse of the glory of God. We have just seen a glimpse of what he is wanting to do in this last days. Now, it doesn't take a lot of faith, folks, to believe that you can fill this building up and pack it out and have chairs in the foyer. You probably do that already. It doesn't take much faith to believe that. It doesn't take much faith to really even believe that you can fill that building, that beautiful building, uh, to the right side of me. It doesn't take much faith to do that. I can comprehend that, and I can uh, imagine that even right now. But what I'm talking about is I'm talking about the apostolic church owning the city. I'm talking about the church taking over the city. That is the will of God. That is the will of Jesus Christ. We are not called to coexist with worldliness and coexist with false doctrine. We are called to take over the gates of hell shall not cannot will not prevail against the church of the living God and I believe the only thing that can keep you from seeing the promise of God seeing the totality of the revival and the harvest that God is wanting to bring to his people is starting to reason in your minds and starting to surmise what God is really going to do. Well, I, I don't know if, if we can feel that. You know, and a lot of people, when I, they hear this preaching, they say, yeah, right. You know, we've been here 30, what, 33 years, something like that. We've been here that long, and, you know, we've heard that so many times. We've had all those evangelists come in. They hype us up real good. You know, wh- where is all that? That spirit is going to rob you from what you're really going to see. That spirit is going to rob you of seeing the harvest and being part of the greatest revival, the greatest revival in the world. We don't have the luxury to sit back and to relax. (laughs) It's not even a luxury to do that. I hate doing that. Folks, we've got to do more than we've ever done before and believe God more than we've ever believed God before. The Bible says in Philippians 2 and 5, it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every, I said every, I didn't say some, I didn't say one, I didn't say two, I didn't say through I said every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue every single tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father what the Lord is saying what Paul is saying here he's saying let this mind be in you I feel like preaching here in a moment today 
Our finite minds cannot totally understand a God that's incomprehensible, a God that's uncomprehendable, a God that is so big the English dictionary, the English vocabulary cannot even describe in an accurate way how big our God really is. He is a big God. He is not bound by time. He is not bound by the laws of nature. He is the laws of nature. He steps out of time. He is in the past. He is in the present. He is in the future. He is everywhere at one time. He is everywhere. He is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. You know, sometimes we can't understand the God that's omnipotent, a God that, that, that is all-powerful because we are weak and we fail and we falter and we stumble sometimes. But let this mind be in you tonight that God is a God that never fails. God is a God that never falters. God is all-powerful. Let this mind be in you that God is omniscient. He has no beginning. He has no end. Let this mind be in you that God is omnipresent. That God can fill 5,000 with the Holy Ghost in Fort Myers. He can fill 5,000 with the Holy Ghost in Belgley. He can fill 5,000, 10,000 in Gary, Indiana. Hey, he's omniscient. He's omnipresent. Let this mind be in you. That God is a God that can uh, regenerate degenerate limbs on a human being. I'll never forget the time, 16 years old. I was at a conference, and this man walked up to the, the front with a short arm. And I was just 16, and I wanted to see what was going on because I knew he was going up to prayer. And so I did what most of you would do. You'd act like you're going to pray, but really what you're doing is you're going to check it out. preacher came over there and laid his hands and said in the name of Jesus and everybody and I started going faith is building my eyes I wasn't praying I repent I was looking at that arm I remember this is what I was, I was saying grow 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 and before my eyes that arm started growing I can't understand what I've seen there, Brother Urshan. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to uh, uh, mix a packet of ingredients of prayer and fasting together and make that kind of stuff happen. I, I, I don't know how it happened. But I just remember in the midst of everybody, and everybody's now screaming and yelling, and they're, oh, and they see it. I went right up next to the guy. I was, I was looking at that arm. Get off me. You got to get off me. I wasn't leaving the side of that deal. And that arm began to grow. And that arm began to grow. Let me tell you something. I don't know how many times I started questioning God in my ministry. But I would go back to that time when I was 16 years old. And I wouldn't leave the side of that arm that drew. That arm. Hey, we can't explain it. We don't understand it. But let me tell you. Let this mind be in you tonight. That God can do anything at any time. Let this mind be in you that you serve a God whose love is unconditional. Let this mind be in you tonight that God is still Alpha and Omega. He will be, he will finish the work that he has begun in you. Let this mind be in you tonight that you serve a sinless, pure, holy God. Let that mind be in you. Let this mind be in you that God has went away to prepare a place. And that place is called heaven. Let this mind be in you. We may not comprehend him. We may not understand 
And some of you, oh, I, I comprehend God just fine. No, you don't. If you comprehend God just fine, I want you to go over there and speak a world into existence. You don't comprehend God just fine. You know who he is. You know he's Jesus. But until you know how he can do what he does, you don't really know how to comprehend him. <laughs> I look around the building, as I said, and I can believe that this thing will be filled with two, three, four hundred people. I look at that building, and I see problems. I think it's too small. <laughs> I think it's too small. <laughs> I look at Brother Urshan's building, Fort Myers, and that little thing that you're in on the front just ain't working, brother. I don't know what you got to do to get it done, but you got to get that back building done <laughs> tomorrow. tomorrow because there's something brewing in Fort Myers there's something brewing in Fort Myers I think the moment you get that building done it's going to be filled to capacity I think the moment you step out on faith and you get that thing done I'm talking about getting the sanctuary out of a little bit I think it's going to be filled to capacity and then what do we do next well God has other buildings in Fort Myers God might have to give you another piece of property or, or have you run into something else. I'm here to tell you, what God is going to do is going to blow your loving mind. It's going to blow it to pieces. You're not going to understand what God is going to do. I'm believing God for this. I believe you could have the convention center in Fort Myers. I believe that you could have the biggest building in Fort Myers. It's going to happen. I am so tired of people that don't believe that their God is really that big. I'm so tired of preaching in apostolic churches and us trying to put a, 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 a handle on what God is going to do. Well, I think he'll do this. You know, in five years we'll grow this way. and we'll do this. Are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me? The book of Acts. They didn't do outreach. They didn't pass out any flyers. There was just a move of God in an upper room and 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. Is our faith saying that God has changed? Are we trying to say that God don't do that stuff anymore? But you know, Pastor, we, you know, getting 3,000 souls filled with the Holy Ghost one day, who would disciple them? I don't know. But if God can bring the miracle of filling 3,000 souls in one day, he can do the miracle of discipling them as well. Well, I just can't imagine in my mind. Well, stop imagining in your mind and let this mind be in you which was in Jesus. I'm going to preach it until I, I can't preach it anymore. I'm going to preach it till one person believes it. That one person believes that God can do anything at any time in any place. There is going to be miracles. There will be signs and there will be wonders. Brother Linton, you're going to be praying for people on the street and not just feeling, getting people filled with the Holy Ghost, but all of a sudden they're going to start bringing dead people to you. They're going to start bringing lame people to you. They're going to start bringing blind people to you. And right there on that little street ministry, you're going to start praying for them, and they're going to get their sight back. They're going to get their feet back. They're going to get their walk back. They're going to get their breath back. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, God is not broke, busted, and disgusted. God is still alive. He's still on the throne.
I took a tour this year of all the churches, well, most, a lot of the churches in Gary. And <clears throat> we were doing a big reach. It was an outside crusade. 117 got filled with the Holy Ghost. It's great. It's wonderful. But I made up my mind that I was going to go to every church that had a, 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 a car in the parking lot. And I wanted to talk to the pastor. <clears throat> I went into one of these churches. And I don't know if I've told this story before. But I went into a church that used to be United Pentecostal Church. Matter of fact, it was the church that I was born in. It was the church that I was dedicated in on 45th Avenue in Gary, Indiana. I went to the church. And they said, they said, who are you? I said, I'm Brother Endress, or I'm Pastor Endress from the Rock Church. Oh, Pastor Endress from the Rock Church, come on in. Come on in, what can we do for you? I said, you know, I would just like to look at the building. I was dedicated in this building. My dad received the Holy Ghost in this building. My mom and dad were married in this building, but I haven't been in here since I was one or two, and I would just love to see the building. I said, sure. So I walked around the sanctuary, and I thought trying to remember something. I thought maybe my mind would pick up something. Nothing. I went downstairs and the story came to my mind when I went downstairs. I seen these these poles, these, what are they called? Post columns, load-bearing columns. <laughs> and I remembered a story that my mom told. You remember this, Tom, my brother-in-law is back there. That one time, my dad, he was first generation, you know, he, he wasn't refined or anything like that. He, after he got the Holy Ghost, he was in a prayer meeting down in the basement. And my dad's not crazy at all. My dad is one of the most reserved, nice, intellectual, and proper and polite individuals you ever meet. Much more polite than myself. <clears throat> he went into the basement, and, and I remember the story that my mom told me. That after he got the Holy Ghost, he was in a prayer meeting. And he got so excited, he started climbing the poles. The Holy Ghost was moving. And I said, you know, sis... Something funny just came to my mind, and I would love to share it. And she said, sure. My dad was in a prayer meeting down here back in the 60s, and the Holy Ghost started moving so strongly that my dad found himself climbing probably one of them poles right there. And she didn't laugh. She said, oh, Brother Endress, power of God has moved in this building so very strongly. The Lord has done mighty things in this building. After we bought it from the United Pentecostal Church in 1981, our bishop, now they're Pentecostal, they don't have the whole truth, but they're Pentecostal. They believe in speaking in tongues. Some believe in baptized in Jesus' name. He said our pastor, before he died, he was 90 years old. There was a death in the church. A young man's son died on Sunday morning. He went into his room and found his dead son just lying there dead. He picked him up. He didn't call 911. He didn't scream. He said, I ran him to the car, and I got him to the church. I went in the front of the church, and the bishop of the church was praying on the altar. And he brought the boy on the altar and said, Pastor, my son's dead. I don't know how long he's been breathing, or not been breathing, but it's been at least 10 minutes. That's how long it took me to drive over here. And the bishop said, well, you didn't call the doctor or nothing? He said, no, I don't need a doctor. I need God. The bishop took out the oil, 
put his hand and said, Lord, heal him. That boy got up on his feet after being dead for 10 minutes. Breath filled his body again. And he lived, and he's still living to this day. She went on to tell me the next story, and the next story, and the next story, and the next story. And she started speaking in tongues in the middle of them and and praying. And we just had a little prayer meeting right down there in the basement. And it was awesome, and the Holy Ghost was moving. She said, but Pastor, it's not happened in a long time. And I said, why? She said, after our bishop died, he just quit. He just stopped. He was a man of prayer. You you got to hear him preach, Pastor. He was an awesome preacher. He was an awesome man of God. <clears throat> Matter of fact, this preacher was even at 1906, the Azusa Street Revival. He had even went to those uh, some of those meetings. And I said, but sister, it's not about the man. It's about the God. And she said, I know, Pastor, but it's it's changed. People don't believe it anymore. They, they don't believe that God can do this. They don't believe this. And I said, well, Pastor. Well, ma'am, God is still the same. God is still the same yesterday and today, ever, today and forever. And I started giving her testimonies of healings in our church. She said, oh, that's great. Why don't you come and preach at our church? I said, well, if your pastor asks me, I will. And then we went on the way. I went to another church. It was a small church right downtown, right in the, in, in the heart of, of, of all the bad ones. Parked the car, and I went in. And I might have told this here. If, if I have, forgive me. But I walked in the door, and the door led right to the sanctuary. When I stepped in, I was in the sanctuary. And I heard someone calling out, Lord, save this city. Save Gary. Save this city. And right when I walked into that place, I felt God in that house so strongly. It was very sunny, but when I walked in, it was very dark, and I couldn't really make anything out. And I, I finally seen someone praying, and he seen me, and he said, Sir, can I help you? I said, I'm so sorry for interrupting your prayer time. I'm Pastor Anderson. I, I apologize. I, I just wanted to come in and say hello. I just wanted to come in and say hi. And, uh, he said, come here, Pastor Endress. Don't you pastor the Rock Church? I said, yes, I do. I do. I pastor the Rock Church. He goes, my God, have mercy. This man was about, uh, well, he told me his age. He was either 65 or 68. I can't remember which one. He said, oh, what a building you guys got and what, what great things you guys are doing. I seen your tent the other day. I said, sir, I, I heard you praying. God saved my city. He didn't have all the truth. God saved my city. I said, sir, how long have you been here? He said, I've been here 35 years, sir. I said, how many people are in your church? I didn't waste any time there. He said, well, it used to be 200. I said, well, how many people are in there now? He said, if we're lucky, about 20. I said, really? Why? He said, oh, well, a couple years ago, as you can see, I'm in a walker here. I can't walk. A couple years ago, I, I was paralyzed from the waist down. They gave me an epidural for a surgery or for a procedure, and they hit a nerve, and it caused me to be paralyzed from the waist down. They said I'd never walk again, but bless God, I'm walking a little bit. And I said, well, that doesn't explain how you guys went down from 200 to 20. He said the reason why is because nobody in the church wanted to sit under a pastor that's crippled. But I'm walking now, pastor. And he got up on those two feet and started walking. 
couldn't stand seeing me being wheeled to the wheel or to the pulpit to preach. But I kept praying and I kept believing God that He was going to heal me. And Pastor, I'm believing God for full recovery. And I said, Well, well Pastor, I, I heard you praying about your city. He said, Oh, I want my city saved. He started crying, and tears were running down his face. And I said, Do you really believe that it can happen, sir? He said, I believe it can happen. I know it can happen. God can do it. He said, look at my old beat up body, Brother Endress or Pastor Endress. My body doesn't, my body isn't wanting to do what it always used to do, but my spirit is still on fire. He said, you can't see it by the looks of me on the outside, but I'm on fire. I know that God can do it. I know that God can do it. I left that place feeling like a piece of trash. I got two good hands and I got two good legs strong and I've got zeal and I've got energy and this man was calling upon the Lord and believing God for a revival folks it's going to happen it's going to happen don't let the revival and don't let miracles and signs and wonders pass you by but what God is waiting on he is waiting on a desperate people that will do anything for Jesus Christ that will pray and that will fast and that will give him Come on, somebody just pray right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, keep praying. The Holy Ghost is here. Come on, if you really believe it, pray from the bottom of your whole hearts. Pray like that man that was in the prayer room at his church. Save my city. Come on, come on, dig a little deeper. Let's focus our minds right now and let's believe God. Let's believe Him. The only thing that's going to stop it is unbelief and reasoning. And putting a cap on what your God can do.
Oh, yeah. I can see them coming in. I can see them coming in. But it's going to be more than I could see. <laughs> Don't know how it's going to get done. But God knows. God knows. Might have to get an arena. Might have to hold church at the local high school football field. Well, that's the kind of revival that's coming. That's the kind of revival that's coming. See, we live in an age where people don't even believe the stories in the Bible are real. They don't even believe that Jonah was really swallowed by a well. They don't really believe that Jesus literally turned the water into wine. They really don't believe literally that Daniel was in the lion's den. This is the age that we live in. And this is more. This has crept its way into Christianity. And sadly enough, it's creeping its way into the apostolic movement. Matter of fact, I believe that the greatest atheist, if, if, if that's even a term, or the atheists that are most lost are sitting in apostolic pews. They know God, but they don't believe God. I don't believe that's going to happen. We, where are we going to get the money for that? Yet we'll say to the friend that God can heal them, and God can deliver them. We live in an age where if we don't think it, it can't happen. It's got to happen this way, folks. It's got to happen this way. The revival that God is going to bring all over the United States is going to be a revival that's going to get us out of the box of what we've always done. It really is. I told my church, and I told this to Fort Myers last night, but I told my church in the Holy Ghost and prophetically, that we will see a thousand soul revival this year. Now, when I come back, or when, we, when you see me ignite, I'll give you an update of what happens. But I believe 100% I'm not worried about it, and I'm not concerned about it. I know I'll have a report next year of over a thousand people receiving the Holy Ghost. No doubt about it. Whatever you can believe God for, God can do a hundred times, a thousand times more than you could ever think. The word reason and the word of God, the English word reason is a derivative and it comes from the French word raison, R-A-I-S-O-N. The word raison comes from the Greek word logos. Don't know how that worked, it just works. And the Lord says, why are you reasoning? Why are you using your logos when I am logos? You can either use what you got or you can use what God is. If you want to use your word and your way and your imagination and your reasoning and your thoughts, then go ahead. 
then why don't we let the mind that's in Jesus be in us? Do you have any buddy in your family that's unsaved? How many? Too many. How many neighbors you know or co-workers you know that are unsaved right now? How many, but anybody in here have someone that they just know God will never move upon them? You're not going to say that now because I just preached and you better believe God can do anything. But before you came in here tonight, you would have, if you were a betting person, which we don't believe in that stuff, you thought in your mind there's no way that this person could ever come to church. Anybody have one of those? Some of y'all are lying to me. God will do what we can't even comprehend. I promise you. The healings, the miracles, the signs. There will be a day when the church will not need to do any more outreach. Man, believe me, I'm strong on outreach. If you don't outreach, if you don't work for God, you're going to hell in my opinion. That's what I preach at my church. I don't know how they do it here. But there's going to come a day where there's so much talk about the miracles, the signs, and the wonders going on at the church that we aren't going to need to pass out a fire anymore. Not in this church. They were healed. They were delivered last week. And I don't believe that we're too far away from that stuff. Now, if you really believe what I'm preaching tonight, there must be a response. You must tell the Lord, I believe. I believe it. And then let your actions say again and again, day in and day out, that you believe God. Knock on doors more than you've ever knocked on doors. Pray without ceasing. Fast. Go on outreach. Get on the street team. Believe God that he will do what he said he will do. Now one more time, raise your hands and take glory. If you really believe it, receive it now. Come on, receive it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Someone needs to proclaim it tonight that they believe God. There is no sickness that is too great. There is no, one there is no mountain that is too high. For you are great. Yeah, he's great. You do miracles so great. There is no valley that is too low. There is no one else like you. There is no one I see aunts and uncles and unsaved like loved ones. I see the buildings and the parking For lots full. You do miracles so great. The gates of hell will not prevail there against is the church. No one else like you, for you are great. Yes, Lord. You do miracles so great. So great. There is no one else like you. Nobody else like you, Jesus. There is no one. Why don't you step out of your pew and come to this altar right now if you believe God? Like you. Get out of your pew and come to this altar if you believe for you God. Are great.
Sister, come on, brother. Believe God tonight. There is no Believe one God else tonight. like you. You are great. You are great. You do miracles so great. So great. There is no one else like you. Believe God. Believe Him. There is no Yes, 